everyone from me, Brent Bram. It's Thursday night, nine o'clock time for the Handicap Rugby Chat That Matters. Well, we've got a bumper show ahead of us as one of my guests just disappears as I do the intro. I must have said something to offend the oracle there. He's gone. But at that moment, I see another guest just popping into the bottom of the screen. So I'm going to bring him in there. But first of all, welcome to everyone watching the show live, to all the boys in the live chat. Look forward to your contributions. We're going to be talking rugby championship. We're going to be talking URC. And then at the end of the show, the conductor will hang around with us and talk a bit of NPC as well. Big news, we're not talking Gallagher Premiership. We're going to do a live show tomorrow, 1.30 South African time. That's after team selection, so we can get a real feel for the handicaps. And we're going to have the conductor and at UK a Rugby Bets on the show there, Alex, as well. So looking forward to that. Welcome to all the boys who have arrived. Let me start by the top of the screen. And welcome, Harry. Harry, great trip to Australia. You kept us thoroughly entertained on Twitter with some of your posts there. And also the uh, articles and interviews and that are around the guys. It must have been a, a great experience over there. No, it's brilliant. Anyone who's gone to Australia will know that it's a fun-loving place. Um, the party never stops. Uh, it's like kind of this feeling of safety and danger at the same time. Um, the drink's flowing and everyone's up for a good time. Half of Australia has no idea about rugby. So even if you're in Adelaide, no one even knows it's a test match. So you're explaining people uh, what rugby is. Um, but I got to see some grassroots rugby as well, and it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Excellent. So good, good, good to hear. And uh, I look forward to your uh, comments on, on this weekend's fixtures, which certainly look interesting. Let's bring the Oracle in there now, because I see he's popped on Oracle. You disappeared there. Was that just a connection issue? Um, I think you switched me off. How's it going? I'm just very interested to hear Harry say it's, uh, you feel safe in Australia. I haven't been there yet. I've been warned that uh, I'll be arrested within 10 days of being in Australia because I just don't follow rules and all that sort of thing. So I'm surprised you made it a couple of weeks. Well done. Uh, there's like two cops in the whole town. They're on horses. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can vouch for Oracle breaking. I can vouch for Oracle breaking rules. And then joining us at the bottom of the screen is uh, the conductor. Conductor, welcome, man. Uh, good to have you on the show. You've got, I know you bet on virtually everything that moves rugby-wise. What a weekend you've got ahead of you. Are you on mute, conductor? Oh, sorry, Brenty. Yeah, that's better. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. It was uh, coming off a really, really good weekend last weekend. Uh, you know, Bunnings NBC has been really good to me. Uh, it's uh, it's great. It's great waking up at four o'clock in the morning to watch your team win. Uh, the only problem is now my body clock is set to four a.m. and uh, so now I'm at four, up at four a.m. in the morning during the week, and uh, I can confirm that uh, DSTV is just as crap at four a.m. than it is during the rest of the day. So, but yeah, coming over a nice weekend, and like you say, absolutely tons of rugby to come this weekend. So really looking forward to it, and. Uh, yeah, looking forward to discussing some uh, rugby selections. Excellent. Well, we're going to get straight into it. Just a reminder, if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter yet, there's a link in the box below. And also a link to the forum where guys exchange bets and ideas throughout the week and the weekend, of course. But let's get into the rugby itself. And Harry, seeing that it's been a while since we've had you on the show, I'm going to get your views, first of all, on the outright position of the tournament. I'm going to bring the betting scroll scrolling up there. And we had a lot of debate about the betting during the week. How would they price up? And in the end... This is where the bookmakers have gone, or certainly world sports betting that I've had a look at. New Zealand 11 to 20, South Africa 16 to 10. Okay, and it's a two-horse race, Aussie 66 to 1. What's your feeling on this, Harry? Any value in backing the South Africans there? Yeah, I think so, and I'll tell you why. Um, the thing about New Zealand, Australia, is it a derby match. It's uh, like Everton versus Liverpool in that 
you know, you know, Liverpool is going to finish higher on the ladder, but Everton will take so much joy in nipping them at the bud, right? Uh, denying them the championship for Everton, even though they're living in the same town, they would love to um, spoil the party. You add to that the way that the first test ended, the blood is slow test ended. Uh, and then you look at a couple other things on New Zealand side. I wonder if we're setting up here a very tight match. I could see the Wallabies hanging in there because New Zealand 2022 is not New Zealand, you know, that we know. Uh, they have a bad habit of letting in late tries as well. Um, you look at the team sheets as well. You have All Black Loose Trio just got named. It's it's kind of exotic. Um, and you have Dave Rennie, who's seems to be a little fired up here to make a statement. So I'm, I'm thinking... Australia can hold All Blacks down more than the Pumas. The Pumas cannot hold the box down. They didn't do it at home. I'm having a hard time seeing them travel across the world and do it uh, in South Africa with a very overplayed pack against 14 box. And the worst performing guy on the box packs is Dwayne Vermeulen. So it's, uh, it's a rough one for Pablo and Marcos, I think. So I, I will say that's a, to me, that's an interesting one. The, 16 to 10. Fair enough. I think so too. And I know I'm, I'm going to come to Oracle last on this one, but let me go to the conductor on this. Conductor, what are your views? Because the way I've assessed this, and I understand, you know, when I thought about the betting, I thought, yes, New Zealand have to start favourite because there is a chance that they run away with yeah. the game against Australia, Eden Park and all the rest. Although I'm actually very much in, in Harry's camp and think the Aussies are going to make a go of it. But for me, there's definite value on South Africa there at 16 to 10 because there's... To get, I mean, if it was four tries for a bonus point, I'd have no hesitation in saying New Zealand bonus point is an absolute banker. But the, by three tries or more, I can well see Aussie hanging in there. And, and if it does come down mm. to South Africa just needing a bonus point against Argentina, I'd be very, very confident of the getting it. What, what are your thoughts on that one, Brendan? Yeah, Brendan, I think if it's one thing we're guaranteed is some drama in this late, uh, in, in this last two games, I think we've had so much drama and controversy and. Uh, you know, we, we've had it all. It's been like an episode of uh, Bold and the Beautiful with uh, <laughs> a slightly a slightly uh, less handsome Ridge Forrester played by Mattia Renal last week, uh, really re really stirring it up uh, for in the in the rugby championship. And uh, yeah, so it's been it's had everything. I mean, every week we've had a, a big point to discuss, whether it's been Marika Corabelli or Mattia Renal or Darcy Swain or. You know, then Ian Foss is fighting for his job, but etc. So it's been really, really fun filled. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be uh, beyond imagination that there could be a couple of twists and turns. Um, you know, as Harry says, we'll obviously discuss the New Zealand game, but there is some interesting, interesting selections from uh, from Fozzie. Um, yeah, I mean, and and Wallabies are fired up. You know, uh, I think there's two ways to look at what happened to them last week. You could one can be dejected. I think they're going to take it the other way. I think they're actually going to find a lot of uh, 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 motivation in that, in, in the yeah. aspect that they should have won, um, and they can win. I think that's a big thing. Um, and I, I, I agree, it's not uh, it's not the New Zealand defence we we knew for many years ago. Uh, you know, all the King's horses and all the King's men couldn't back put put uh, New Zealand defence back together again, and neither can Joe Schmidt. So are, are they, they are conceding easy tries? I think. Some of those tries Aussie scored were great, and yeah, you know, I think it's hopefully an open game. And yeah, I think sixteen to ten is probably the value. I wouldn't take money on New Zealand, although I think I do see them getting the bonus points and potentially a good win in Eden Park. But uh, you know, I think sixteen to ten is a is a decent strike. Aussie aren't out of it either. Let's let's put it that way, and then we'll discuss why. 
Um, but yeah, 60 to 10 uh, for a bit of a fun run on Saturday is probably where my money would be. Right, well, let's go to the Oracle now. Oracle, I know you're going to have some firm views on this one. Uh, the box there at, at 16 to 10, you've, you've stated quite clearly you, you're onto them. Give us your reasons. Oh, I'm going to tell you um, that's the wrong price by Country Mile. And not only can Australia win this tournament, Argentina can as well. And this is the first time we've we've ever had a situation that more than one team can win on the last round. I don't even remember when there was even two teams that could win on the last round. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> so what WSB have done is uh, <laughs> I'm chuckling because I don't have an account there, and I wish I did because I'd be all over the 16 and 10. They've made a massive mistake. They've gone and looked at Betfair, uh, which sat for the whole week at 1, 2, 3, and 15 to 10. And what they do at Betfair is these clever oaks. So they'll go stick five pounds. I'll say, right, there's five pounds there at 15 to 10. Come and grab it, grab it if you want. And people sit there and they wait. And there's no, there's no volume. So the clever oaks on the other side are not going to take that five pounds because they know that it sends a signal to the world. What's happened today is they're now looking for 11 to 10 on Bedfair, South Africa. So WSB is sitting at a 16 to 10 right now. They're sitting ducks. If you've got an account at, at WSB, go climb on because that price won't be available tomorrow. It's it's going to go. I make South Africa favourites for this outright here. Uh, I, I, I know that the handicaps are similar. And I know that they both need a – well, they, they're 50-50 from it if you're looking at the table. But the reality is that – South Africa beating Argentina by 30 versus New Zealand beating Argentina, uh, Australia by 30 are completely different things. They're not the same. The handicaps might look the same, but the, but the reality is they're not. This Argentinian team is in massive trouble. They look like they're going to fall over. They're tired. They've, been, they've played a lot more time. They had their chance last week at 18-20 or 20-22. If they'd won the game there, I say they buy a plus it the whole week. They really go this weekend. They're a different team. They're gone. It's the hardest for them. They're probably 200 to 1 to win this tournament. Australia, they're not 200 to 1. Australia can win. If Australia win here, well, I say that, but Argentina aren't beating South Africa. So let's let's stop talking rubbish here. There's only two teams that can win. And in fact, there's one team that can win, and it's going to be South Africa. Uh, 16 to 10 is way overpriced. It's about, seriously, I, I think South Africa should be 6 to 10. I think it's close to three times as much as it should be. Price is completely wrong. If you have an account at WSB, Deposit, hit the button, take the 16 to 10 because it will not be available. In fact, never mind tomorrow after this show. <laughs> right, fair comment there, I think, Oracle, on that one. Well, let's get into the game itself. And uh, let's start off with the, with the first test, of course, and that is going to be New Zealand up against Australia. This handicap has been pretty stable all week. I've got here 15 and a half. I haven't really looked around at different bookmakers, just grabbed a couple of prices. And let's start with the conductor on this one. Conductor. Uh, what do you make of this game? While you're having a look at that, I'll also just skim for a points line. I'm imagining it's around about the 50-point 50, 50 mark. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Brenty, this is an interesting one. As uh, Harry said, uh, interesting selection for their loose trio with Akira at 6, Dalton at 7, and uh, Ardu Sevilla back at 8 after welcoming his bundle of joy into the world. Um, yeah, the ever-versatile Jordy Barrett at 12. I think he's I think he's done more positions than the than the, than the Kama Sutra sex book because I think he's been everywhere in that back line. Uh, I think he's done been 10, 12, 14, 15. 
Um, I think there's only maybe one or two players in the world who have played international rugby in more positions. So, geez, he's uh, used everywhere. But uh, obviously, Foster, you know, trusting him to uh, be a bit more experienced than Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Uh, RTS hasn't really convinced me all that much for Auckland and the Blues. Yeah, he's a, he's a big physical player, but yeah, I, I, I'm yet to see this amazing hype uh, that they talk about him. Um, you know, for me, a guy like Sonny Bill was a, a much more uh, game breaker than RTS, but maybe maybe he just needs a bit more time in in Union. Um, yeah, so you know, obviously, uh, then obviously with. Uh, Interesting selections with Offer, Tuofangasi and Nepalalala coming as props on the reserves. You know, I'm not really sure I rate Nepalalala too highly, but interesting that they've come back. Um, yeah, and obviously uh, Bodhi, Bodhi Barrett at, at 15. So, yeah, it's definitely, uh, for me, an, an all-black side that's set up to run. Uh, but we've seen often in the instances of all-black rugby that don't, they sometimes don't have, get that, that backline clicking. Um, so yeah, and obviously with with Aussie Darcy Swain, he copped a six match ban for his uh, his infringement there. Uh, getting back Caden Neville at five. Um, one of my big favourites, I've always loved him for the Reds, is big big uh, Harry Wilson at eight, and then uh, Valentini going back in at, at the side of the ruck. And uh, yeah, I was super impressed with Valentini and um, Pete Samu. Uh, I, I actually they actually work rate was incredible. So. Yeah, and he, even though Lolisio was fit, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, <laughs> sorry, I forgot his name now. A big uh, uh, Foley getting the night back in at ten. So yeah, feeling much unchanged for a couple of, except for a couple of changes for us. Yeah, I, I rate they can do the business. Yeah, and I'm hoping they do the business at Eden Park. Obviously, last time they won was in '86, so it's a it's a fair few years since the Tasers' victory in Eden Park. Uh, you know, we all know it's a tough ground to play in. It's it'll be sold out. Uh, weather looks good in Auckland, uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, I hope Aussies give them a scare. Uh, short and sweet. So I'm not going to touch anything on the cap here. I once again think the cap is far too hard, 17.5 or 15.5 as you put up there. Um, I'm going to be try and play it short and sweet and go over 50.5 uh, total points. Um, I really think the Aussies are going to bring the mongrel. I think Dave really has got them in the right mindset. I don't think it's a, the the best. Uh, NZ defence. My only concern is Aaron Smith said they're treated like an, a test match. So I just wonder if they're going to try and defend a bit more and maybe take the threes rather than their not natural open running attacking style to rather build up that points difference against us. Look, they're going to look for that bonus point, of course, uh, but then they're going to obviously want to build up that points difference. So that makes me a little bit worried. But the fact is, they're going to go for that bonus points, uh, going to look for that four tries. So that, that tells me I'm, I should be good for that over 50.5. Well, over 50.5 of the conductor. We'll leave Oracle for last on this game and go up to Harry for his views on the All Blacks against Australia. Points line, 50.5 handicap, around about the 15.5 mark. Yeah, I think this is a high-scoring match. Uh, it tends to be. These are brothers playing. They're uh, siblings. You know, it's it's difficult for anyone to be surprising. Everyone's worked out everyone. Everyone plays against everyone. Uh, you even have players like Pete Samu who played for the Crusaders. Um, you have a lot of crossover here. You have Dave Rennie, who would know every single way to find out a new 12. And yes, uh, Jordy played 12 in Super Rugby, but it's not quite the same. I think you have a pretty well-settled Wallaby midfield, and you have a revolving door in the midfield for New Zealand. So I don't think they can cover that 15 and a half. I don't, I don't see that. 
I see them uh, winning the match. Uh, I see the All Blacks winning the match, but I think it's going to come down to a kick. Uh, my reasoning there is you have, you, yes, you have advantages uh, at the lock position, Brody Retallick and Sam Whitelock, but that's not what gives you the points differential you need or the try scoring you need. It just wins you the match. Where I'm looking for um, the points comes from Will Jordan, uh, Caleb Clark, and Bowden Barrett. What My observation about Bowden Barrett is just this, and I called him for ages, the BBBBB, the Bach beating Boston Bowden Barrett. But he, he lost something in the last two seasons, and I think it's, he's pushing too hard. He's not a guy who can accept being the second uh, behind Richie Maunga. So when he comes on, he tries too much. When he gets a start, he tries too much. And there's a very subtle problem when you're chasing big points or bonus points or big scores. You end up not scoring as much as if you would just approach it like a normal game and get out to a 21 to 4, 21 to 6 lead, 21 to 9. Then you blow out. If you try to chase it from the beginning, you go wide to a guy like Caleb Clark or you trust Rico Owani to make good decisions or Bowden Barrett in his mood. You can make a lot of big problems. You can throw some intercepts. Uh, you can lose the ball out on the flanks. And then we know that Australia knows how to take that to the house. So some of the bad footballing uh, decision-making by Caleb Clark has, has been overcome. But some of that stuff has led to tries against New Zealand. Rico Ioanni has done some great things, but he's also done some terrible things this season. Uh, and, and I said, Bowden Barry can push too hard. So I think there's a problem here in the setup. I think uh, I think they might have been better off trying to just pick the best team available instead of trying to trick it up. The exotic loose trio of Akira Wani, Dalton Papali, who's out of form, and Artie Savea is that you're almost playing into Wallaby hands because the Wallabies have locked themselves into a very strong loose trio with uh, Rob Bellatini in the former's life and Pete Samu untackleable and unplayable. Um, so I think this could be a tight one. On the Wallaby side, they have holes too. The problem is they have Jed Holloway, Caden Neville, and Nick Frost in the second row. That's 11 caps total. Um, I would like something different. The other part of my brain says maybe it's good that you have people who don't have as many losses in Eden Park stored up in their brain. No? So um, there's a lot of defeatism in a guy like Michael Hooper, if you've played 25 times in Eden Park and you lose. So maybe you have these guys like Jed Holloway, who's kind of a nutter, and uh, you have Caden Neville, who you know doesn't give a shit. So maybe this is this is good. I don't know. But I would think Bernard Foley would come with uh, more intent this time. He's certainly not going to be waiting more than about three seconds to kick out. <laughs> and uh, our favorite Frenchman from Perpignan is a touch judge, just so you know. So that's going to be some drama uh, where he where he uh, does the exit uh, placement. Uh, on this one, I'd look for the start. Uh, the Wallabies have been absolutely terrible when they start badly. They've been run over. They've been roadkill. But if they can hang in there and it's 18-12 or 15-all or something, I think that desire to make history at Eden Park is going to kick in um, and the pent up, whatever it is. I mean, they're just going to be like ready to do whatever it is because they think that whole thing was skellum last week. I mean, they really do. They think that the whole thing was cooked. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thinking maybe we come down to a kick one way or the other. Oh, well, let's bring the Oracle in there. I think I saw a subtle little shrug of the shoulders there, Oracle, at some point. Yeah, I gave 
gave uh, I gave Harry the French shrug, but I didn't give him the French uh, facial expression of the shrug after his article. It was a very good article, by the way, Harry. I was very impressed. But I will tell you, I, I saw Steve Reed over there saying you need a bonus point to win the game. I'm going to tell you, Steve, New Zealand are going to get a bonus point, but they're not going to win the game because they're probably not going to win lose by more than seven. Sorry. Sometimes I really hate the, the, the Aussies. And when I see six and seven to one about the board, I've got to go. And I know that it's easy to tell me. I know, uh, um, uh, Conductor, you had a great weekend last weekend. Hell, I backed Australia on the board. I backed the Lions on the board. And I backed uh, uh, Argentina on the board. In fact, I got 25 to one at half time and still lost. Uh, my kid was shouting for South Africa. And I said, listen, I'll give you a grand if you uh, uh, if they win. And I'll give you 500 if it's less than seven. And suddenly he started shouting for uh, the Pumas. But I did win my handicap at half time. They were plus 21 and a half. So I did lose last weekend. It wasn't a great weekend for me. But I'd like to say I'm pretty close with my stuff. The Lions got to 15 all in the second half. Um, obviously, Australia nearly won that game. And, uh, and Argentina, if they'd just done one or two things, they would have won. And... Yeah, I don't know. Here I am. I'm sitting with South Africa to win the tournament, and I've backed them not every weekend. I've backed them at 18 to 10, 14 to 10, 5 to 2. I didn't take them when they were 4 to 1 after the Ellis Park game. Uh, and I've got to tell you, at 16 to 10 now, I wish I could get some. I'm hoping the other bookmakers come out, but I honestly think they'll. South Africa will start as favourites, probably 7 or 8 to 10, maybe as low as 6 to 10 to win this uh, championship. But listen, Australia, yeah, the Eden Park thing's been going on a long time. I know that the last time. Uh, uh, I know that Australia won in the 80s, I think it was 30-odd years ago, and the last time somebody won there, I think it was the French team. Um, this this Australian team wasn't wasn't bad last week. They started badly, yes, and Bernard Foley uh, actually played a good game. Uh, I mean, let's look at those three tries that uh, that they scored. They were all in the corner, and he, got, he slotted those kicks under big pressure. He got them back within uh, a little bit, and then they got the lead with that um, that fairy taking a kick from the halfway line. So uh, you know, I I just think that Australia went bad. They they took the pressure moments in the game last week. I think what happened to New Zealand is they thought, yeah, we we've got it up. We uh, we you know we cantering towards the end, and we can relax. And Harry's right. You you know they're going to enter this game, and and the World Cup has eliminated this problem. Uh, and I can't really speak for rugby, but soccer has definitely eliminated the problem where the last two teams played the same time. And this is a massive factor for South Africa. Playing hours later, not just, you know, half an hour later. They play, I think, five or six hours later. And they know exactly what they need. And, you know, New Zealand are going to go into this, and we've seen it so many times. I say we. I'm talking about the guys on the on the show here, people watching the show, listening to the show, commenting on the show. How many times have we seen a team try and chase points? Yeah. The first thing, they get a penalty, they kick in the corner. And they try and get seven, and it always fails. It doesn't always fail. 90% of the time it fails. I don't want to ever be on teams like that. If New Zealand approaches properly, honestly, if they, if they get a penalty, they take their three. You get up to nine, you're already in trouble. The other team has to score a try and maybe another penalty after that. Once you've got a 12 or 15-point lead, then you can start looking for tries and going for bonus points. But I know what New Zealand are going to do here. They're going to go. They're going to get their first penalty. I can already see it. I've seen this movie. I know how it is. They're going to kick it in the corner. They're going to go for a try. They're going to miss. And next thing, Australia are going to be 9-0 up or 9-3 or 12-6. They're going to have a bit of a lead. And I honestly think Australia at this price, it's a huge price. I'm going to go Australia. I'm not going to take the handicap again. I'm not going to get involved in this 9-10 stuff for this match. I'm going to rather take the six to one, and I'm guessing I might even get a bit more. 
maybe as much as 8 to 1 before the game starts. I think there's very little risk, risking 12, 15% of your, of your stake for a, for a profit. I'm going to go for it. I think Australia can win this game. I think they've got enough in their heads to do it. I think they've got over this Raynell uh, problem uh, that they had last week. I think, and, and, and I agree. I don't think the Oaks going to take more than three seconds to kick a ball this weekend. Not only him, I think everybody around the world is going to start kicking quickly because of that precedent that they set. But yeah, I, I, this is a medium stake on Australia to win the game on the board. Excellent. Oracle, I must say, I'm very much in agreement with you in that. I can see that as well. New Zealand kicking to the post. You know, I, I totally agree. If you go in in this particular competition, what New Zealand and for that matter, South Africa, if they need the, 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 the bonus point win with points difference or something, accumulate the points first, put the other team away and then hammer them in the, in the second half. But Oracle, I've got to question your logic there. You're telling me New Zealand are not going for three pointers, yet you're talking about scores like 9 3 and 12 6. Uh, drop goal, though. <laughs> drop, drop. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> no, well, I a better quick one. <laughs> that was quick thinking, Oracle. Very well done. Okay, let's uh, move on to South Africa up against Argentina. Now, obviously, the thing about this game is a lot is going to depend on what happened in the game before. I mean, you could have a situation if Australia win the game where the box just have to beat Argentina. But you could also have the situation where they... The bonus point will get them a win. And then there's, of course, a situation where you need the bonus point and the points difference. They're going to be very, very interesting. And, Harry, let me start with you on this one. There's been quite a little, bit, quite a bit of money from what I've seen for the sprint box as the week has gone on. I think I know I kept the game around about four. I think I kept it 15 and a half or 14 and a half. It's more or less where it opened, but it's definitely been pushing out the sort of 17 and a half barriers. I can tell you the total points line here, Harry, is also 50.5. Exactly the same game, of course, taking place in Durban. Yeah, it's a dry track. Uh, I look at the weather. It looks like it's going to be a nice field. Um, there's actually a pretty big speed uh, advantage for the box on this one. Not just because the Pumas are not as quick in the backs, uh, but also in the forwards. You look at actually, you know, you get beyond stereotypes about the spring box. And that's a very quick pack with a very quick pack bench. Um, Bongi, Ox. Um, actually, Vincent Koch is underrated. Kocha Smith is as quick as a back. Um, Mostert and Detoy are not slow. Etzebeth is looking like he's added some speed to his game. Well, he dropped a few pounds. Um, and we have, um, you know, Marks is not shabby too. In If you look at the Pumas, what I'm worried about for them, if I'm trying to hold it to that margin, is that Marcus Kremer is the top tackler in the comp. Um, Pablo Mater is the top carrier and then second on tackles. That's a lot of G-forces. That's 110 impacts of the highest order. You have Tomas Lavanini, who looked like he was about to die at um, the in the Buenos Aires match. You have uh, the props that are substandard. And then you have Julio Montoya, who's probably their best player. He played for Leicester Tigers as their captain. I think uh, he and uh, Jasper Visa have 37, 36, 7 matches in a 12-month period. Uh, that's too much rugby for anyone. And it's, uh, it's going to hinder their ball-carrying ability, which means they cannot hold on to the ball, which means that they're going to have spilled ball, they're going to have uh, given up the turnover ball, and that's what the, the box love. And then you're off to the races. I think the fact that you have a true bomb squad for the first time in 2022 with um, six uh, raring to go forwards that are in form, uh, Bongi back, he's going to be out of his skull. I think everyone in the starting pack is going to realize that they can empty their tank, uh, except for whoever's going to go 80, probably Ibn and uh, maybe Peter Steff. 
And so I think it's going to be a tough, a tough one for Argentina to get to halftime uh, in a le legitimate uh, way to win the match. So I think if you can do that, it's basically like the, the first match in Argentina that sets up to be more of a bonus point win, which it turned out to be, because then whoever's trying to catch up expends all the energy and then 20 minutes left. Who do you have on the Pumas bench? Uh, you have guys that we don't know except for Petty and, and Crevy and so uh, and Kubeli. But everyone else is kind of an unknown factor. They're not used to playing um, in such a hostile uh, crowd. And I, quite frankly, I think the fact that Santiago Carreras is not really a true number 10 going up against the most confident Bach that was that ever played Springbok rugby, Franz Stein, I think it's a trouble because Franz is going to be tasting this one. Um, he's never afraid to win or lose. He's never afraid to, to take the big stage. He has the best win-loss record of any Springbok currently even against All Blacks. Um, I just don't think Franz Stein appreciates some of the chatter going around about how he's old. Uh, maybe he lost it off. I don't know. But secretly, I think he's coming out to make a point uh, and play his way onto the plane for the World Cup and cement that, that position. So for me, I think it's going to be right about that score. This is, the, this is actually a better one. They put it 17 and a half. I think that's probably that's interesting. Um, not a strong one, but I'm going to say South Africa will beat that um, because of the motivation, because of the need, and because of the lack of a Puma's bench. Uh, I also think that Argentina was hanging on by a straw last week. I don't think it was that close, actually. I think uh, if the Mostert juggle doesn't get called that way and Lewitt is over for the try, uh, we're looking at a seven or eight try win. So, you know, that, that, that was a big factor, actually. So, yeah, for me... That's how I go. I think in both both matches are going to be over fifty points total. So that's that's how I see it. I, I don't I don't really see Argentina's way back into this match actually. Right. Okay. So you like overs in both games, and I can tell you now. I'm going to go to Oracle. I'll leave conductor for last on this one. Oracle, no doubt you're stamping the minus seventeen and a half. Although I guess you're going to stamp it by saying, "Don't worry about seventeen and a half. Take the twenty-five and a half." <laughs> Uh, I'm going to tell you that this, the results of the South African game is 100% deter, uh, de, uh, determined or uh, as a result of the New Zealand game in the morning. It really is. If, if New Zealand win this game, and I, and I, and I get it wrong, and I, it's not a close game, Australia don't win, let's say New Zealand win by 20. South Africa have to win by 33. They've got to win by 13 more points, assuming that uh, All Blacks get the bonus point. And at the same time, something else happens which, which motivates the Springboks is that the Argentinians are out of the tournament. If Australia win this game, then you've got to look at the South African game a little bit differently because Argentina, Argentina theoretically, theoretically can win the tournament. So if New Zealand win, they can't win. But if Australia win, they can win. And they'll probably a little bit be, be up for a little bit. And, and I'm, don't they I'm the first one to say. Don't they have a ridiculous points difference, Gav? Yeah, they do. You've got to beat South Africa by thirty something, but it's 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 they they're not going to walk in there saying. But no more than no more than that. No, no, no. If Australia win this game, Argentina need to beat South Africa. I think it's about 34, 35 points. It's not impossible. But But New Zealand and South Africa on fourteen. So Australia not only have to beat New Zealand, they've got to beat New because Argentina and Iraq guys are on nine. Well, they're on yeah, nine. Australia. Yeah. So they not only have to beat New Zealand, Australia, they've got to stop New Zealand getting a bonus point. And then they're going to, I mean, 
you're right. There is a mathematical chance, but I can tell you now, Argentina will have. They, they're going into this game with no chance. I don't care what happens in Australia if he's even game. Argentina will not think they can win this tournament. There's absolutely that's why the bookies aren't even quoting them. They already they, they already won the tournament for them when they beat New Zealand in Christchurch. Yeah. And they and they gave a hiding to Wallabies. I think they're done. It's just it's just a, a holiday in Durban. Yeah. I, I will tell you guys, and I'm sure Brent will remember early two thousands, the Bulls needed sixty six points to get uh, to something. And they got it. And I, you know, I'll never ever forget that day. That it doesn't matter how far a team is away from getting something. If they've got a target, they'll go for it. And they've got. And this is a team that's got nothing to lose. Anyway, the point that I'm making here is, I'm not getting involved in the South African match until that New Zealand game's over. So I actually have nothing to say at this point. I have to say that I'm I'm on Australia on the board, and I'm on South Africa for the tournament at 16 and 10. If I can get it, I'm really trying. I've, I've WhatsApp people. I've got, I've got Oaks that I I know, and I know Steve Reed. I do apologise. I do know some people with WSB accounts. I'm really sorry, but I've tried to get on there, and I want as much as that as I can. And I'll take seriously anything above even money South Africa here. So I'm all about South Africa to win the tournament, and I've had a medium strike on Australia on the board here, and and I'll. Take a little bit more if their price gets bigger. I have nothing to say about the South African game. You know, if, if Australia win this game and I'm right, South Africa just need to win. They might win by five or six or ten or whatever it is because it'd be a bit tougher. The, the Argentinians will be a little bit more up. But they are tired. The, these guys are really tired. Uh, I know Harry said to me the other day, a couple of them are going to drop over. I think he's 100% right. I think this is really, really – this could be 50 mil, but it could also be 15-3. You know, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I've got nothing to say for this game. I'd rather wait until the New Zealand game is over. And, uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll make my comment at that point. Excellent. I must say, I think that's uh, sound advice from Oracle there. I'm not saying don't get involved if you like something. It's a bit like getting involved in the Gallagher Premiership before the teams come out. You could make certain assumptions and get involved. But another option is what the Oracle says there is, is basically, you know, wait and see what happens with the game. I mean, I think of markets like total tries in the game and that. It's going to be usually influenced by what happens in in that New Zealand match. So that's fair advice, conductor. Let's get your views. I'm going to let you close us off on the rugby championships. Yeah, Brent, I'm firmly on the same page as what Gavin has said there. I'm not going to I'm not going to get involved with this game before I sort of understand the dimensions of what SA need um, to do for their game. Because exactly what you what you guys said uh, ending off in the previous game, you know, when teams chase big point totals. Often they can try and be too expansive too soon. Um, you know, if the box is chasing a 33-point deficit, as Gavin says, you know, I can literally see a nine a score of sort of 12-3 at the end of half time with box just making too many mistakes, uh, trying to chase, trying to chase the the total instead of trying to build it run by run. You know, get a get a five or 10, 10 point lead, just build it, just build it slowly because you, because like uh, Harry says, I think we're gonna we're gonna finish like a house on fire with Quacker Smith at 10. I mean, it's going to be glorious. I mean, I will, I will, you know, that guy should be have his statue bronze outside Kings Park when he plays a fly off to beat the to beat the RGs by the necessary points total. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it, it is it, it's so dependent upon what we need to do. Um, I agree with Harry. My initial gut feeling was, yeah, they they uh, the Argentinian game in New Zealand was their Everest. That's what they they've accomplished it. That's what they set out to do. They've done it. Um, you know, I think they've achieved what they needed to achieve. Last week in Argentina was a, was a chance. That chance has now slipped away. So it's uh, you know thirty odd blokes flying to South Africa for a for a 
Well, you can't go swimming in Mshlanga because it's all full of sewerage. But um, I, I assume they're probably going to tan on the beach a bit. But yeah, I sort of, I, th I think they're going to come and, you know, get this game over with. Where, you know, the motivation sold out Kings Park far high with the box. Um, I would, you know, if this game was anywhere, 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 anywhere. Okay, except for Cape Town Stadium because the, the field is bit, it was a bit rubbish. This game was in Bloemfontein, Ellis Park, uh, Loftus. I'd back the minus 17 and a half with, with Gabe's granny's pension all the way. Because really, you know, especially at altitude. But my only concern is Durban has been the worst performing ground for us. Um, I, I think if you look at our record there, I think it's only around about 67%. Um, you know, combined with things like factors like humidity. We, we don't, we just, have, for some or other reason, we don't click there. It's not, it's not a happy hunting ground for us. Anywhere else, if we had played at, in, the, in, in Kimberley, at the Greek Stadium, I would have loaded this game. And I would have been there in my, in my Greek jersey. But yeah, it's, it's not a... Like I said, it's not, it's not a great ground for us. But, um, yeah, I will I will make a call after uh, the New Zealand game. But my my fancy is on the minus. I, I do think Argentina are just running out of legs, even though they've brought in a guy like Jean Imoff, who has got a great try scoring record against us. Um, I, I really think they, they're running on fumes. Yeah, interesting. I'll be, you know, I know there are points lines out already there, but possibly an Argentina unders for me on that game as well. Anyway, Jens, that brings us to the end of the Rugby Championship. Uh, Oracle, one more thing from you. Sorry, I have to mute you because for some reason I get feedback when I'm talking uh, and I don't mute you. Yeah, what, what have you got for us, Oracle? Conductor, I don't know if you saw that meme going around where the guy said his uh, petrol light is shining brighter than his, uh, the lights in his house at the moment. <laughs> I've got to say, yeah, that's, uh, this, uh, this uh, King's Park, We've done so badly. I think people are still remembering the game against France in the 1995 World Cup, and they and they remembering a game we won in 1998 against New Zealand over there. Uh, there's no way, so that uh, it's 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 harder to win by 30 in Kings Park than anywhere else. So yes, let's hope that uh, Australia do keep them down to something uh, marginal because um, the the Greekwood Stadium would be a lot better if we could get that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out is you made a comment about going. Uh, uh, overs on Australian points. And I'd like to say that the last four times that they played New Zealand, I know that most of the games are in Australia, but they've scored more than 24 or 24 or more points each each of those last five games, actually. So Australia have definitely been scoring against New Zealand recently, of recent, should I say, last couple of years. So that's a good sign. They're not um, they're not playing the games where they were getting threes and fives and sevens as they were before that. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Right. At uh, the end of the rugby championship then, um, Harry, just from your side, we're going to move on to URC now. Have you got any views on the URC, or do you want to say cheers to us after the now and, and share your best bets with us now? What, what have you looked at the URC at all? No, yeah, I can stay on. Yeah, okay, cool. You staying on for the URC? That's great. Let's get into it then. We'll get cracking straight away. I'm going to give Conductor first shot at the first game. Uh, Zebra plus 15 and a half again. Sharks Conductor. I've seen on Twitter most of the guys leaning towards the home team here. They were very impressive against yeah. Leinster last weekend. Yeah, Brent, I think uh, one of the guys on Twitter reached out to me and said, uh, you know, he brought up one of my previous comments where I said that the, my three greatest loves in life is um, Kylie Minogue, the dimples above a woman's bum and opposing Zebra Palmer Rugby Club. So I've had to, I'm going to have to ditch one of these. I'm going to have to find a, a third best love because I'm going to back Zebra on the plus here. Um, yeah, look, they were, they were, they were impressive uh, against, 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 uh, Arguably a sort of a B-ish, C-ish lens aside last week. 
Um, you know, Leinster dominated the opening exchanges, but then really allowed Zebra to come back. Zebra played some really, really attractive rugby. Pierre Bruno scored some great tries. If Tiff Eden off the off the tee could have kicked a bit better, uh, Zebra could have beaten Leinster. That would have been a, a historic win um, there in Palmer. Um, I'm going to take a small strike on Zebra. It's not going to be massive. I actually, the Sharks team is a lot stronger than what I uh, envisioned because um, I, I, I did see there's a fairly long injury list of the Sharks. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, Butcher Chamberlain taking the reins at 10. I like Grant Williams at 9. Uh, Rowan Jansaf and Rensburg making his debut for the Sharks. The weekend special, Apalele Fasi at 15. And, um, you know, Sharks scrum with, uh, you know, Detoy, you know, with the captain's armband as well. He's great. And Carl Usadi riding the pine coming off there. So I think the... The Zebra scrum might be in a bit of trouble, but um, yeah, I like what this Fabio Roselli has done. He's taken over from Bergamasco, uh, who's had to attend to other matters. Um, yeah, I mean, Zebra look absolutely pumped for that Leinster game. I hope they bring, they bring the same intensity against the Sharks team. Um, Sharks don't love a big minus. They're not, not necessarily guys to you know, smoke big minuses. I'm a bit worried about Zebra's mall defense and scrum. But um, I'm going to take a small strike for Zebra to keep it close here um, and hope the Sharks start off a bit uh, a bit cold. Excellent. Well, let's see what the Oracle's views in on this one. Guys, just a time check. I see we're 40 minutes in. I've got a hard close at about quarter past 10. So if you don't have any views on that, no problems. We can skip over. Um, Zebra, Sharks, Oracle, anything from you? Oh, sorry, I've muted Oracle. Sorry, Oracle. Chat away. Um, what's a hard close? I don't know what that means. I've got to lift my son to an after party tonight, and I've got to leave at quarter past ten. <laughs> so that's what a hard close means. The show has to give, give, it, <laughs> give him the keys, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, listen, yeah, yeah. To keep it quick, yeah. I, I didn't watch this game. I watched the highlights, but I've got to say, yes, they were they were they were down in the dumps uh, from a scoreboard perspective. The zebra. Uh, they loaded with South Africans. I don't know all of them. I know, and I, I was uh, quite impressed earlier, Conductor, even though you didn't know a single player was fist pumping under the table. I've never heard you say you didn't know somebody's name, and I was quite impressed that we've eventually found somebody you didn't know. But anyway, I'm going to say plus 15's a, a, a go here. Uh, I know that it was a bit high during the week, but again, it's it's early for me in this tournament, so I'm really playing it very small this week. It's like a, a unit or a half a unit. I'm going to stick a unit on, on this team to win on the board. I'm getting, uh, by the looks of it, I'm getting five, five and a half to one. I'm happy with that. It's a small strike, and I think they can. Obviously, the Sharks have got a good team on paper. They've got to travel over to Italy. This team's had a bit of practice. They're not moving for the week. They're very likely, well, they're more likely to win this game than the odds suggest, in my opinion. I think it's uh, a little bit of value. Right. Harry, are you uh, on the plus camp here as well in this game? Yeah, I go, I go with the Sharks on this line. Um, yeah, I know they have, like, all their fly halves have broken arms, but they're going to break some arms in Italy. So um, I think it's going to be a brutal uh, awakening for Zebra. I like the idea of Koch. I like the idea of uh, Rohan coming in at 12. Uh, I like the scrum, actually, for the Sharks and um, Butolesi at the back. You know, I think he's motivated as well to show. So I, I think, actually, the, the bench is, is not too bad either with Nocha and uh, old Fred. Red Light Zeilinga bringing up the, the troops. I, I do think they're going to they're going to cover that. Well, we'll stick with you for the uh, the next game. Glasgow minus six and a half against Cardiff. You got any views for us there? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not. That's a tough one. Uh, I actually think it's going to come down to uh, two points either way, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be interested in that one as a punter. Right, Gavin. Anything for you? Uh, have you looked only at the South African sides, or have you got any views on this? No, only the South African. I'll get into all of the games next week. No, 100%, 100%. And we know one man who's looked at every game this weekend already, so he will have a, a view for us on this one as a conductor. Brent, yeah, just, just to be very quick, as like I said, we're running out of time. I've taken a small strike on uh, Glasgow minus four and a half. Yes, they were abysmal last week um, at Benetton. But uh, getting back, um, uh, Fraser Brown, Z uh, Matt Ferguson, Rory Dodge, Scott Cummings, so a bit of a boost for them. Whereas Cardiff lose one of their best ball carriers last week uh, to Lupe Falatao. Um, they, his game time has been managed, and Liam Williams is unfortunately out with a broken collarbone. So, um, you know, that's two quite key players for uh, Cardiff. Um, I do rate Cardiff's side. I really, I really like uh, Dai Young as the um, coach. He's excellent. I've always enjoyed him as a coach. No nonsense. Really, 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 you know, respected. Um, but, yeah, and we had Franco Smith. Um, you know, the jury's still out on him. In terms of his ability, I'm not. I don't think this was the best appointment for Glasgow, in my, in my opinion. I, I think they maybe could have gone another way, but uh, I think there's enough quality coming back for Glasgow in front of their home fans to, to get the win. And like I said, I've taken a little bit of minus four and a half, but um, nothing massive on that game. As I, as I still think, you know, there's a lot of quality in that quad of side. Well, conductor, I'll stay with you for the next game. Leinster minus thirty-two and off against Benetton. Now, Benetton very impressive last week. Yeah. I know they're traveling now, but Leinster, on the other hand, weren't that impressive against Zebra. Gee, this looks up. I mean, I love Leinster. <laughs> I really, uh, you know, I'm, uh, Henrik and I are often opposed when it comes to talking on, on, on Leinster games. But sure, but my initial instinct is this cat must be too high, surely. No, Brent, this is, this is the BMW. Leinster are the BMW of rugby teams. It's completely overpriced to what you're getting. It's just, it's just, it's so over, it's so overinflated. It's, yes, it is Benetton. Yes, Leinster. Obviously, this. The, it was, I think, 25 earlier in the week, but I think you can get minus 37 in places. So that the markets reacted to team news where Lens are playing most, all of their Irish internationals are back. I think except for Hugo Keenan, he's not back. I think he's still injured. I think one or two are missing, but fairly much, fairly much a, a, an A-team Lens side. I think this Benetton side is good enough to cover that. So it's a crazy price, in my opinion. Um, yes, Lens could cover this cap, uh, but really they'd have to fire in all cylinders to cover it. Um, whereas if Benetton sneak one or two tries uh, and you're on the Leinster minus, you're going to be sweating all night. So you're going to be sweating like a dog in a Chinese restaurant. So rather take, you know, for me, it's on the on the Benetton plus all, all, you know, all the way. Right. Shane just mentioning there the total points at 58. Now let's get uh, Harry's views on this. Are you also of the opinion, Harry, that Leinster perhaps as good as they are, the bookies tend to overrate them a bit? Yeah, I think it's an effect, a Leinster effect. It's been uh, the number one uh potted discussed written about club for maybe two or three seasons now and i think that's uh that's a terribly overshot on that number right gav anything on this uh i know you're not a big handicap miners backer i didn't look at the, the all of the handicaps uh brent but i gotta say 32 i will have a small strike on benetton i don't even care if they're playing you know <laughs> Under 20 players. It's just too much for week two in a game. It's mathematical. This is a mathematical punt for me. Don't care. I'm, I'm on the plus here. I will have a bet. Right. Next game. I can't believe that. Any views on this one? You passing on this one? 
Yeah, so that's a tough one to uh, to handicap because Ulster's missing nine players in the emerging Ireland squad. I think Ian Henderson's still out, uh, who's the best forward. Um, obviously, it's going to be a little bit tough there, but they scored five tries last week, and uh, I'm not thinking too much about Scarlets at this point. So I'm actually going to go. I think Ulster is, is a nice one here. They still have people like Rob Herring and Karen Treadwell, Nick Tumini, who I think is underrated. So uh, for me, it's it's Ulster, and then not just in this match, but Ulster is going to have a good season. Right, Ulster one to follow this season. It looked like a bit of a nod of the head there from the conductor. Conductor, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, great. I'm in complete agreement with what Harry said there. Um, it's, the whole situation regarding the emerging tour to South Africa is a bit confusing for me because, um, like Munster, won't select the players that have been selected for the tour. But Kieran Frawley is playing for Leinster, t uh, Leinster tomorrow against yeah. Benetton. So I'm not quite sure how, you know, each, obviously, but I think it's up to each club to decide how they're going to do it. But um, I'm, I've always been a massive, massive Ulster fan. Love the way they play. Great positive rugby. Uh, got, I think they've got seven players returning from the guys that toured to New Zealand. So in addition to the players that um, Harry mentioned, you've got, you got guys like Michael Lowry coming back. Um, John Cooney, uh, he's coming back from injury as well. Uh, so we could see, a, a, you know, like I said, Timoney, Treadwell, um, uh, O'Toole, um, Herring. So we could see an incredibly strong Ulster side. Uh, uh, this uh, Scarlet side under Dwayne Peel, I've got no time for them. Um, they just, they just, they haven't really recruited anybody. They've still got guys like Johnny McNichol playing. And man, if there's a journeyman alive, he is, he is the poster boy for journeyman. He just carries on playing. I, I looked at that back line. Yes, they've got like, I think five of ETs come in, but overall, it's it's really not a scary Scarlet side. And uh, they were up for that game against Ospreys because of a Welsh derby. But yeah, I can see, I can see also, I think I've, I've seen minus two and a half in places. I'm very, very happy to take this is one of my better bets of the weekend. Ulster minus two and a half. Right, uh, Harry and Conductor very much on the same page there. Let's move on to a game that does involve a South African side. And I'll, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm busy. I think I'm, my click is taking a while, so I'm muting him and unmuting him. But here's Oracle. I know he does look at the South African teams. Stormers minus 11.5. Oracle, I can tell you most of the views that I've seen on Twitter, and I know one of the guys on our show is, is quite firm on Connacht on the plus. What do you think? I have no idea why. I just want to say that the biggest journeyman has got to be that Zeilinger, the character that's playing for the Sharks. I think that I played for 13 of the 14 uh, unions in South Africa. <laughs> but, yeah, no, so, uh, sorry. Uh, Connor got smashed last week. Um, Stormers are, they're ready to go. This is first time Cape Town, the weather's been good this week. We had a bit of rain today. But I, I'm sorry, 11 and a half, this should be closer to 20. I'd, ha I'd have a medium strike on the minus here. Uh, I don't think this team's going to have traveled very well. Uh, it's, it's difficult. You know, if this was 25 or 26, I'd, I'd probably say, listen, not, no bet. Closer to 30, I'd say you've got to go for the plus. But Stormers at 11 and a half in the first game against a team that got absolutely murdered last week. I've got to, I've got to have that. I will go to the conductor and we'll end with uh, Harry on this one. Conductor, I see you chuckling because I know you're very strong on Connacht. If I'm not mistaken, around yeah. plus 13 and a half. The money oh. has come. And, and I'm going to say that Oracle's bet there needs to come with a bit of a disclaimer. <laughs> no, Brenty, uh, it opened at 16 and a half at uh, Bet365. And that's that's where I was hoping to get it. Um, managed to go plus 13 and a half. Um, obviously, Connacht with 99% uh, strength. The only guy is missing is no, no cardi, no party. 
So Jack Hardy, he's got he's a he's got an injury, but other than that, it's pretty much full strength. Uh, Connock side. Um, I saw one of the guys post on the forum that that Bundy Aki wouldn't be playing, but he's available to the side. So I hope they do play. I hope he does play. Um, you know, Mac Hansen, I love Mac Hansen for for Ireland, and um, Finley Bielham in, in at the prop there. Uh, Jared Butler also available for Connacht, um, uh, and uh, and uh, Kian Pendergast who played uh, against the New Zealand Maori in that New Zealand tour. Really like him. He'll, he'll come back into the um, into the flanks. So, the, you know, a lot of these guys were missing against Ulster. And Ulster at home in Belfast, they're absolutely ruthless. So you can't really, I wouldn't really take that as a as an indication of how they can play. Yes, Connacht sometimes don't have the best away record. Um, but for me, they've got a game under the belt. Uh, the flow into South Africa, they're tackling... Uh, the Storm is not in Cape Town, but at the Donny Craven and Stellenbosch. So there'll be a lack of student vibe. Apparently, there's free beer for the first 500 people. So you can imagine it's going to be like a varsity cup game with you know, guys going dilly. And it's going to be, it should be lack of carnival rugby. For me, uh, Donny, Craven, Donny Craven more resembles uh, Galway sports ground. So that smaller ground feel to it. Um, you know, the Storm aside, you know, if you take that, that final versus the Bulls, very, very, very different side. Um, you've got Warwick Gallant and, and Sergal Peterson who have left Stormers. Um, Leland Zass and, and uh, Null are injured. Uh, and then you've got guys, uh, Willemse is also injured as well. And then you've got a lot of Stormers who have left uh, for the box, uh, which is Faree, Kitsoff, Malhadaba. Um, and Faree for me, for me is a big one. He was absolutely scrappy. He was amazing for the Stormers in the URC. Um, Yes, Dweber and Salman Marat are available for the Stormers, but uh, uh, John Dobson has said he won't play them. He's going to integrate them, take time to integrate them. So you are going to see some experienced hands for um, the Stormers, some Curry Cup slash uh, Super Rugby slash URC players, but you're also going to see a bit of youth in guys like probably uh, Sasha Gomazulu and Hartzenberg, um, probably Dan Duplessis, apparently Stanislav is out with COVID. Uh, so it's going to be a, a, a bit of a lads and dads feel to the Stormers side. Um, Ali for Mark and Brock Harris. You know, if, if ever Connacht are going to run them close, it's going to be this game. I think they're going, to, they're going to target this game. You know, hit hit Camps Bay, hit Cliff Clifton, and then worry about the Bulls next week and play that at fifty percent. Before I get Harry's opinion on, because I'm going to ask him to split the two. I'll just saw Oracle put up his hand there, Oracle. Yeah, I was just going to say, okay, so if this game's at Donny Craven, and uh, and I've just remembered something else, that they, they were one of two teams to have actually won in South Africa last year. Uh, if I remember correctly, this is a team that beat the Lions. So I'm reducing my stake from a medium stake to a small stake, but I'm still on the minus because my kid will be at the game uh, in Stellenbosch on the weekend. I, I know that he's leaving uh, tomorrow morning to go to Stellenbosch. So, yeah, I'm still on the minus. I've just reduced my stake. Thank you, Gundo. Right. Well, we got them split at one all there. I've got to say, I'm leaning towards the conductor's argument personally over the Oracle's argument there. Harry, you the tiebreaker for us here. Yeah. So actually, it's very interesting what conductor said. I've been to um, the sports ground in Galway, and it's very funny that you said that. That you couldn't find a place that would remind you more of that than Stellenbosch. Uh, it's going to be the best possible way for Connacht to play. Uh, I'll go with the conductor on this one. I don't think that Sasha is ready. Uh, for this type of situation yet. I think he's going to be, um, I predict a stumbling start. 
I'm VP, Stormers till I die, but I think we're going to be disappointed and, you know, win Scrappy by four. Right, so uh, the, the tiebreakers occurred there, and I'm also leaning towards Connacht. So I will say one thing, though. Often when Oracle goes up against the world, Oracle does come out on top, so we certainly won't be writing him off <laughs> just yet. Harry, we're going to stay with you for the next game, though. Blue Bulls minus 10.5 against Edinburgh. Oh, no, I'll go with Jake on this one. Um, it's going to be a stampede. I look at his uh, recent statements about trying to become the Ronan Agara of South Africa, where it's keep ball and play. And uh, I think this is the kind of thing, if you're going to play in altitude and you're going to look at that and be that way, this is the right way to play. Um, I think Edinburgh is going to be in trouble here. Um, so I think that might be a little bit generous to them. Right. Uh, let's go down then to a conductor. Conductor. I've seen different views on this game, I must admit, but yeah. general general views I've seen have been leaning towards the Bulls. Yeah, Brady, look, that Edinburgh side they're bringing isn't, isn't weak. Um, Jamie Ritchie, Hamish Watson, and you know, I, and they scored some great tries at uh, Darcy Graham, cheesy yeah. he's like a he's like a hare. I mean, you just you just can't catch him for all, for love and money. And probably start Blair King one at 10. Uh, but that Bulls side to me, uh, just actually full of power. Uh, power for 80 minutes is what you want. And uh, I think the Bulls are going to give you power for 80 minutes. Um, I just not 100% loving that back line. Would prefer Cornell Hendricks back in that center. Uh, maybe Similani not at 15. But uh, nonetheless, I'll, I'll probably be taking a strike on the minus there. Um, I managed to grab some over 46.5. That just seemed crazy low. I know Edinburgh at times aren't the biggest overs team, but that seemed incredibly low for an altitude game. Um, you know, although when Edinburgh were in... Uh, we're in Joburg last year. The, the, I think the scoreline was like five, not five thirteen or something like that. Um, very, very low-scoring game. So ultimately, what we're going to get right is we're coming back to this time-wasting situation again. They're going to try and slow the clock down heavily at every junction because they're obviously scared about you know altitude catching up to them. So I might go and buy tickets for this game. Go and stand uh, in the U.S. Pavilion with the sun burning my corneas and uh, with a big with a big clock around my neck. Pointing to it every time that uh, Edinburgh take over 15 seconds to kick the ball, and uh, if you listen carefully, I'll be on the Super Sports uh, Super Sport mics uh, with some with some cho with some choice words for the referee. Yeah, I was actually just thinking the same. I actually hope the refs really do crack down on the the time wasting because it gets a bit ridiculous at at yeah. grounds like Loftus. Right, let's end this game with Oracle's views. Oracle, we got a, a handicap here of ten and a half. Yeah, it's not enough, eh? I watched that Lions game last week. Um, the Bulls were toying with the Lions. <clears throat> when they got into trouble at 15-all, they just put the game away. They're far too good. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I thought this would be closer to 20. I know that uh, this is a reasonably strong Edinburgh team. But I stand by what I said last year at this time. I was very surprised that any team would come over and win. And there were two uh, two uh, foreign victories in South Africa. I don't think that there'll be that many this year. In fact, if there's two, I'll be surprised. This team will get smashed. Bulls are, Bulls are going to be preparing to go overseas. I'm not even a big fan of the Bulls, but yeah, that team is too strong and they'll, they'll win it comfortably. I just wanted to point out, um, Conductor, I don't know if you noticed, but your tweets on that Raynal thing actually made the uh, uh, <clears throat> a couple of articles that I actually read on the internet. I saw your tweets on there, so well done. You uh, you got a lot of support there. A lot of interest as well. Oracle, we'll, we'll stick with you for the next game. Os Ospreys against your beloved Lions. Ospreys here at home, minus 10.5 point favourites. Uh, I'd love to I'd love to think the Lions have got a chance, but yeah, they were outplayed last week at home. 
I'd like to see a little bit more before I have a bet. Uh, at the same point, I'd like to say that the Ospreys haven't impressed me. Um, well, they haven't impressed me last year, and and the result of the of this last weekend wasn't that great. But I'm not going to get involved in this game. I will watch it from a supporter point of view, but I'm not putting money on the lines until I see that they've actually, you know, that they look like they're playing very well. And I was going to say that uh, Rowan Janssen from Rensburg, that was the Lions player that's playing with the Sharks. I'll be watching with interest to see because he's been away for a couple of years. They are. Let's see if he can get himself back into the spring box as well. So this game, no bet for me, but I'll be uh, I'll be wearing my shirt and watching the game. Right. Harry, anything for you on this one? I mean, Ospreys are hard to beat at home. I think they've won six of the last seven uh, at home. I don't really think the Lions are playing good rugby at the point at this moment. Um, and I, I think also the Ospreys snatching that draw at the last minute kind of speaks to the fact that they're actually um, you know ready to play the season. So, yeah, I'll, I would take the Ospreys on that one. Right, and uh, then you can bring us uh, to an end. Is this the last game of the... No, we've still got one more game after this conductor, but you, your views on this game, and then I'll give you first crack at Dragon's Monster. I'll be quite brief on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably uh, looking at Osprey's minus 10.5. Um, yeah, Lions went fantastic last week. Jeez, you know, I really I really tipped Jordan Hendricks to, to, to really start stepping up and start looking good in a green jersey, but geez, he, he would have looked out of place in a overcrane... And the, and the 12 side, he just looked so at sea yeah, with place kicking, passing. He was just really awful. Uh, but I mean, I think generally that that Lions, that Lions, um, the Lions performance wasn't amazing. I mean, to 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 cost you you and our our bets with the overs, etc. That was but was a bit uh, wasn't great, especially at home. But uh, yeah, travelled all the way to to Wales. Um, yeah, so. I don't like this Lions side that's selected. I'm not a big fan of Gianni Lombard and obviously Zander Duplessis from the Griquas. These are Curry Cup players, in my, in my opinion. I'm glad they kicked Rudolf Strali's son or what is, what is Strali's son to the to the bench. He's he, or he's out of the squad completely. He's not correct. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Chuchuka I think comes in. So yeah, some good, some bad. I think Lions are just have got too many journeymen in that side and Ospreys. Uh, Tipperick is going to be a monster on Saturday again. Dan Lilliet is back. Um, unfortunate that Gareth Anscombe and, and Owen Watkins are injured, uh, but you've probably got George North or Mark Collins or Cummins at centre booth. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of Welsh quality in that in, in the Osprey side. Very, very proud side. And, you know, they're looking to, to stake themselves as a bit, as a, one of the better Welsh clubs at the moment. So I know that Lions, actually, funny enough, do play better when they're written off. When everyone's spitting and shouting and calling them names, they actually do. Like a typical South African, whenever we're written off, we tend to play our best that in any given crazy. sport. We need to be written off to, to perform. So um, I think the Lions will show a bit of gumption there. But, uh, yeah, I've still got Ospreys in the minds. Right, we'll stick with you then for the last game. Get us going here. Dragons plus nine and a half against Munster. Yeah, Brent, it's tough to make a case for the Dragons. I haven't, to be honest, I haven't seen anybody coming back for them that would bolster their side. But geez, they took a they took a royal beating um, against Edinburgh last weekend. Uh, Graham Roundtree will want to get this. They were six 0 up and conceded forty four unanswered points because <laughs> I had my eleven to two newsletter treble ending on over fifty one and a half points. Sorry, over oh. fifty point five points in that game. Can you so believe you, it? That's what my treble ended on. And it was 44-6 or 15 minutes to go, and I never got another point. That's a bad beat. So you, what you were saying, they were looking so good at 6-0, and, it, and it, was the, it was the luckiest 44 points you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> it was that much. No, it's, it's tough to make a case for Dragons, yeah. 
like I said, uh, round three will make want to make a stamp here. They are getting the Irish players back, albeit that Manchester's players are getting back on all the statesmen with uh, guys like Peter Mahoney and um, Connor Murray and Keith Earls and these kind of guys. But uh, yeah, you you got to think. And that uh, and that pitch in in Rodney Parade is no longer the, the absolute swamp it used to be. It's actually a really it's a carpet. So uh, yeah, I, I think Munster. There's, there's no. We used to be like a bad day in Baghdad playing in, in Rodney Parade because it was so uneven. It used to hurt your knee and stuff, and it was muddy, and you had to you have to bring a, a you have to bring a, a snorkel and flippers to come and play there. But no, it's it's really a good pitch, and yeah, that that bodes badly for Dragons. So I think Munster will take advantage. Yeah, I like the minus sign and off. Anything for you on this one, Harry? Yeah, this is easy, Munster. That's gonna be um, that's gonna be a slaughter. And I'm sure Shark Brain, when you say Munster on the plus, you mean Munster on the minus there, because if you're going to take the plus, you're going to be taking one to 100. But uh, Oracle, I'll give you the final word on the URC, and then I'll get the best bets quickly from you and, and, and Harry before we uh, conduct, and I can just run through the MPC. What's your views on this one? I'm guessing maybe you don't have much on on, on an all-over season card at this stage. Sorry, Oracle. Yeah, I'm yeah, here's another game, Brent. Yeah, I'm talking about not taking a bet this week, and I've got to be ser seriously looking at this. This is crazy. This team's going to come last. Uh, I'll be surprised if they win more than three games. Uh, nine and a half, it's not enough. It's just not enough. I'm, I'm on the Munster. I will have a bet here. And, uh, uh, yeah, just this is – I'm now involved in two games I didn't even think I was going to be involved in. And, uh, yeah, this is minus – no, that's crazy. Well, that's, that's the beauty yeah. of the show, though, Gav. Many a time I talk to you guys, I come in without any firm opinion. And by the end, I'm building acres and all sorts of things. It's absolutely crazy. But look, let's cover the best bets for the two of you. I'll get Conductor's best bets. And we're going to run through Conductor. I hope you don't mind fairly quickly through the NPC yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. The fact that I've got to leave. But uh, Oracle, your best bet or bets? Yeah, my best, my best bet here is Australia to keep it close. I'm just not going to take the plus. I'm going to take the board again. I was, uh, I'd like to say, unfortunate last week. I, I called it right. In fact, I, I did look at some of those big prices during the game. And, yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm not scared to take a team that I liked before the game at 25 to 1 or 20 to 1 during the match, which Australia and Argentina got to. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on Australia here. And if I spot a, a, a sort of a, a decent start by New Zealand and a big price on Australia, I'll press again because I really think Australia will win this game. And if they don't, they'll fall short by a couple of points. I think it, I think they're up for it. I think it's yeah, it's my best bet of the weekend, Australia. Right, and then Harry, from what we've looked at across the rugby championships and the URC, a couple of bets that stand out for you? Uh, best bet would be the Bledisloe 2 to go over 50.5 points. Uh, the other one would be the Bulls, I think, against Edinburgh. Uh, and then I, I'm interested in the, the box, but like everyone said, I'd watch that a little bit closer to the end. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a hiding in German. Excellent, Jens. Thanks very much. It was great having you back on, Harry. Welcome back to the States. And Oracle, always a pleasure to have you on as well. We will certainly be in contact over the weekend. Thanks, lads. Cheers. All right, conductor, I've managed to get the departure time pushed out to quarter past 10. So we've got a few minutes, but if I could okay. this skim through, I'll bring up the uh, first game now, and that is Canterbury minus 10 and a half against Auckland. Yeah, Brenty, this is, um, I'll, I'll be very quick, but uh, last weekend reminded me of a situation in World War II in the North Atlantic. Uh, the German U boat 
captains called it the happy time. They were sinking so many allied ships. They were having a whale of a time. For me, the last weekend with points overs in the NPC was the same situation. That was my happy time. Um, five out of seven arrived very, very easily in the overs. Uh, the only gun that didn't arrive is a target home, and then notoriously under his team. And the shield game um, for Hawks Bay and Wellington, and he had Brendan Pickerel on the ref. So that was definitely an unders game as well. So five of the seven arrived, um, and hopefully we see hopefully we see the co- continuation overs. Um, just one thing I see guys are trying to get too, too much overs. Just remember it is getting a bit warmer in New Zealand. There is a lot more dew on the ground, especially in the night games. We saw we've seen that special Wednesday in that Taranaki versus Counties game. It is getting warmer. It's getting much more dewy. It's getting much more slippery. So. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look at points in this game. I like. I really like Canterbury to absolutely melt Auckland here. Uh, Auckland have, haven't haven't looked great. They looked incredibly lazy versus Tasman last week. A Tasman who are missing heaps and heaps of players. Canterbury looks so well drilled. So it, their systems are good. They look so well coached. The intensity is there. Uh, Auckland missing guys like Lenny Apisai, um missing Angus Talvao, missing Jamie Lane. Uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek is at the All Blacks. Um, I, I just and obviously a big one for them is Don Sullivan. So I like uh, Auckland to cover the minus there, minus ten and a half. Um, Auckland, uh, Canterbury will go full ball here. Um, they'll top the log, then they can rest. Ro- massive rotation against Otago next week, which I'm also lining up. I'll take Otago on the plus against Canterbury because Canterbury can rotate and rest for their playoff games. Right, well, they have got plenty. Next week, yeah, they have plenty. Uh, this is a this is a, this is a very tough one. Bay of Plenty have been playing good rugby. They won us or they won me or us good money last week on that. My, that was my best bet against Southland. Uh, I see Caleb Trask wasn't training. He should be back uh, either ten or fifteen. Yeah, I mean Bay of Plenty have been good playing good rugby. Hawks Bay lost the Shield last week. Um, it's difficult to know what uh, psychological condition they're going to be in because that's a big loss. But they retained it for so many challenges. They did an outstanding job. It may either free them or crush them. I think it's going to free them a little bit. The weight is off their shoulders. They've lost the shield. They don't have to defend it anymore. It's one, one less worry to, to worry about. So uh, this game, it's a 3 p.m. kickoff for New Zealand. The line's 57.5. I'm taking overs here. This could be 60 points. Uh, it is a high line. You know, I don't, li- I don't like to tackle anything above 53, 54, but I'm going to tackle 57.5. I like the... I'm not too sure about the handicap. And that's why I'm going to go on the points rather. Um, on the overset, let's move on to Tasman. Tasman, I really like the Tasman on the minus. I've seen minus four and a half in places. That'll be that'll see a lot of my money. Uh, Northland started off like a house on fire, but have 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 run out of gas. Um, you know, unfortunately, with the smaller guys like Northland, like Southland, like um, Manawatu, I think limited squad depth does count badly against these guys. Uh, Tasman will definitely want to win this and with a bonus point to try and push themselves up the ladder for a, a playoff spot. Uh, Northern might be missing Rivers Rehana, who limped uh, off with a with a with a knee injury. Um, I, and, and I don't know if they get back Tom Tom Robinson. Uh, obviously, uh, Offa Tuafangasi uh, is at the All Black, so he won't be featuring for Northern. Uh, they came badly unstuck against North Harbour last week. And it, it just strike me as a team that's running out of gas. Just too many guys have been playing too much rugby. Like jo- jo- Jonah Mathalai, uh, he's been playing heaps. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rivers Rahana, uh, yeah, he's, he's just, he's, I'm thinking he won't be there. 
uh, Wellington game. Sorry, conductor, I put you under so much pressure. You're doing brilliantly, but I've never seen you. I've never heard you talk so quickly. You know. I know you've got a couple of beers in you as well, but keep it going, please. Wellington. Sorry, sorry Brent, if I'm talking too quickly, slow me down. Though. No, no, it's fine. No, no problem. Plus, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm trying, to, I'm trying about, to make, your, I'm trying to make your cutoff time there. Okay, uh, this is a this is a tough one. Obviously, Wellington won the Shield last week, so this is a, now becomes a Shield defence in Wellington. Um, I'm going to take Waikato on the board here. Uh, for me, Wellington played out their boots. Uh, love Waikato, and I'll probably look at unders in this game as well. The weather has shifted. It was originally horrible, going to be horrible in Wellington. It's a, it's looking a slightly bit better. It's still going to be windy and rainy. Uh, but for me, this is a big chance for a far better Waikato side to take the shield as well um, off Wellington a week later. So, yeah, I really like Waikato on the board there. Well, Manawatu. Uh, Manawatu, Otago. This is, a, this is a tough one. Otago hates scoring points, hate covering these lines. Manawatu has covered the last handicap, the last three handicaps they've covered. Um, but Otago are desperate for a bonus point win to, to push themselves up the, the ladder. They had a good win last week against a very, very strong Waikato side. Uh, albeit it wasn't Dunedin. Uh, they, travel, they travel to Palmerston North uh, to face Manawatu. Weather looks good. Um, they are suffering without Thomas Umanga Jensen and Jonah Nareki. But you've got to feel that with guys like Fabian Holland back, they're going to put their all into that uh, into that minus. So I like Otago on the minus. And um, this game, I like North Harbour on the minus. Uh, Taranaki in their storm week. Uh, last On last week, Saturday, they played their strongest team um, against uh, Manawatu. They played another strong team yesterday against uh, Counties. Uh, I just kind of feel they're going to run out of legs against a very, very dangerous North Harbour team with guys like... Um, Sean Stevenson, Tavida Lee, and Mark Tillier. Um, I just think the Taranaki legs, Taranaki have been very poor this season, and I think the Taranaki legs are going to run out. So I'm on the minus. Shab, I hope your voice doesn't run out before we get to the to the last game. And uh, Southland, <laughs> I was just ty- typing away there because I actually missed these games when I first looked at the betting early. So I think they probably because they're on Sunday. But Southland plus eight and a half, the counties, the final game. Yeah, Brett, I've been actually lining this up quite badly. Um, I've, I'm going to take counties on the minus. Normally, I'd back Southland with, with, with much vigour um, because obviously Southland in Invercargill are, are another kind of force. Uh, for some other reason, I've never seen Invercargill where they're so amazing as it's been over the past few weeks. Normally, we get like hurricane winds and pelting rain and, you know, that's what that's what Southland like to play in. Um, but I actually wonder if, if Southland will, will be able to put out a competitive team in this game. They are just wrecked by injuries. Um, you know, they're having to play, you know, really substandard club players. Marty Banks is gone for the rest. Marty Banks won't be there. He's one of their key figures. Rory Van Bucht is probably gone as well. He's also one of their key figures. Um, so, County's rested a couple of guys yesterday against Taranaki, and they should they should cover that minus against Southland and Cargill. Best bets. Um, obviously, I love... Uh, <laughs> so, I'm going to preempt you there, Brenton. Now you got to go. Um, I mean, I, pre- uh, I, I like Connacht on the plus. I like overs in, in New Zealand, Australia. I, over like, I like over 50.5 in Park. That feels a bit too low. Um, <laughs> uh, I very much like Ulster on the minus, the minus two and a half. And um, probably a lesser strike on uh, Munster minus. 
Excellent. Conductor, I just want to say bloody well done. You raced through the... You didn't have a sip of beer for the entire NPC. <laughs> yeah. That was absolutely... My throat's killing me, brains. <laughs> no shame. We've come in. I mean, go. You deserve... You deserve... Go and sit back now, relax, and have another quiet beer. Thanks a million. That was absolutely brilliant. Look forward to chatting to you tomorrow at 1.30 for the Gallagher yeah. Premiership. Cheers, Brenty. All the best, eh? Go well. Travel safe. Cheers, mate. Brilliant bye, work. Bye. Thanks, Cheers, everyone. Guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow at 1.30 for the Gallagher Premiership. Thanks a lot.